Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, along with JC. I'm back. John Coleman back in the hot seat once again. It has been a little bit too long, my friend. It feels, yeah, it's been, it's oddly familiar yet refreshing to be back in the seat. It is nice to have you um, sitting across from me because I know this one will go smooth and I won't have yes. to work as hard. I know, right? A lot of times you have to, you know, pull it out of the guest and now, you know, we have some synergy going together, so it's good to be back. Yes. So um, you and I were going to totally do a show on uh, cold calling techniques. Yep. And we may come back to do a show on cold calling techniques, but as you were getting all this set up, I was reading my email, and I read that last week, one of the hottest searched keywords mm-hmm. on Google was the process of buying a house. You don't say. Like, it was 950 times higher than it's ever been. Something crazy like that. The the the, the biggest one of the week was actually um, home refinance calculator. No way. Yeah. I don't know how we could do a show on a refinance calculator. Like I could plug, um, Waterstone mortgage and dust and yes, you can go on websites like that and you can see a refinance calculator. Uh-huh. But even that I would be like, just pick up the phone and call your favorite loan officer and they can walk you through whether or not a refinance makes sense in today's market or not. Because by the way, the secret's out. Mortgage interest rates are like super cheap. Uh-huh. And if you currently have a home loan and your rate is, I don't know, above three and a half or 3.75%, you should talk to someone about a refinance. Makes sense. Don't worry about going on Google and Googling a calculator for yourself. This is not a DYI project. It's a pick up the phone and have a five-minute conversation with your favorite loan officer. And if you don't have a favorite loan officer, but you tune into this show, hey, hey, I probably or JC can probably point you in the direction of one or two that would fit nicely mm-hmm. into how you like to do business. Correct. But that's not what this show is going to be about. Nope. So we're not going to go with the number one uh, uh, search Keyword for last week. We're in good number two. Word. And the number two was the home buying process. Let's do it. Which is totally off the cuff. But as you said, this might be just one of those instances where you wind me up and you let me go. You've already been halfway wound. So Halfway wound. You know what? If we ever got into this bottle of Clyde Mays and did a show, and did a show, that would be beyond being wound up. (laughs) That'd be like wound up and tore up. There's only two ways that show could end. And I won't see yeah. them here. So okay, All right. All right. you know what? Maybe one day, maybe for like the hundredth episode. You know or what? Five hundredth episode. I like one hundred because we already made it to fifty. So this would be episode fifty-one. So we're halfway there. So don't make a promise you can't keep. Um, how about this? We won't finish the whole bottle, but we'll sit here and we'll drink from the bottle while we do okay. an episode. Deal. That's a deal. That's a deal. All right, perfect. Okay. So the home buying process. Yes. Um, it's really easy. Just go out there and buy a house. And we're done. Today's we're episode done. has been brought to you by Clyde Mays Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, of course it's not that easy. So the very first step okay. in the home buying process is get your finances figured out. Okay, figure out what it is financially, not even so much what you want to qualify for, but like, or what you can qualify for. It should be what you want to qualify for. Have you done a budget? Mm. Do you know how much money that you have allocated 
to go towards monthly payments towards uh, the, the, the payment of a home? How much money do you have allocated to go towards down payment? Do you know how much money you need? Do you need help running those payments? Right. The very first step in the home buying process is to get all of your finances figured out. In, in guys and girls, it's more than just, oh, I need to get pre-approved. Oh, I need to get qualified. Because what if you get qualified for something that makes zero sense for what you're trying to accomplish financially? Damn. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. Yeah. So don't just get qualified. And then there's various elements of being qualified. To me, you're pre-qualified or you're pre-approved once a mortgage professional has reviewed your income documents and your asset documents and they've pulled your credit and they've verified all the information that you verbalized to them, they verified it, then they know that you're you're qualified, but make sure you understand what it is. And I'll give you an example. I actually did a pre-approval on Friday. Okay. I was covering for one of the loan officers uh, here in the uh, local office and uh, he was on a well-needed three-day guys weekend and it allowed me to get my hands dirty. And the first thing I did was I got the borrowers or the home buyers qualified for financing. Mm-hmm. But then I looked at his notes and I looked at um, the payment that I had them qualified for. Mm-hmm. And I had to give the consumer, in this case, a home buyer, prospective borrower for us, um, the, the kind of good news, bad news. Okay. And the phone call went like this. Uh, hey, John, it's Dustin over at Waterstone. How you doing? Good. How about yourself? Fantastic. Hey, I have good news, bad news on your pre-approval. Which do you want first? God, just give me the bad news first. The bad news first? Okay, look, your payment is going to be a little bit higher than what the notes show in your file for what you're trying to achieve. Okay. Um, the good news is I have you qualified. Okay. So let me walk you through that if you haven't. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's all I had to do. I walked that person through it. The note said they didn't want their payment more than $2,000 a month. Mm. Unfortunately, um, because this person has below average credit and because they were putting 5% down and not 20% down, their payment was going to be higher because they weren't financing at 3%. They were going to finance at 35 because mm. of their credit score. Mm-hmm. And uh, because they were putting down 5% and not 20%, they're going to have to pay what's called PMI or private mortgage insurance. And private mortgage insurance, like interest rates, is risk-based, meaning the higher your your credit score, the cheaper the PMI. The lower your credit score, the more expensive the PMI. So so the PMI on this file was like 400 bucks a month. The extra half a percent in mortgage rate was like an extra $150 a month. Okay. Now, the good news is, Mr. Coleman, yeah. is I have you qualified. Okay. And I asked more questions, figured out they had a home to sell, figured out that once they sold their house, they would want to pay down their loan. Mm. I then could talk them through ways that we could eventually chip away at that payment and get it back down to $2,000 once they sold their current house, once they paid it paid it down. But what was important is that I didn't just send them a pre-approval letter and call it a day, Yes. which so many lenders and banks out there do that. They just say, oh, here's your pre-approval letter. Good luck. Mail it in. Yeah. Yeah, mail it in, fax it over, <laughs> come pick it up at the branch. Yeah. But, you know, I felt like it was important that this home buyer knew not just they were qualified, but also what the estimated monthly payment was going to be and how much money they'd have to have at closing. Sounds right. right. They had a hundred grand at their disposal. They didn't want to come out of pocket more than 30 grand because some of that money that they had was tied up in various investments that had they liquidated them, they would have a a tax hit Mm -hmm. or they would have to realize a taxable gain, things they wanted to avoid at this point in their life. Okay. So 
the first step in the home buying process is to get your financing figured out. Mm. But that's more than just getting pre-qualified or pre-approved for a mortgage. It's also understanding strategically and tactically what is my cash to close going to be the day of closing? And by the way, it's going to be an estimate. And the estimate's going to be give or take $1,000 or so. Hmm. So no one's going to be able to hammer it down to the penny uh, when you're just getting started. But you should know, okay, somewhere between five and 10000 somewhere between fifty and 60000 Like, you'll yeah. have a range. Same thing goes for payment, right? Your mortgage payment is more than just principal and interest on your loan. It's principal, interest, taxes, insurance. In some cases, private mortgage insurance or monthly mortgage insurance are kind of synonymous. Um, and in some cases, you have either condo association dues or you have homeowners association dues. Mm-hmm. All of that should be factored into your monthly payment from a budgeting standpoint. Yeah. And you should start with what is a payment that I'm comfortable with? How much money do I have allocated to go towards my funds to close? Things like down payment and closing costs. Mm-hmm. And then work backwards into a sales price. Damn. That's the first step. I would have started the way you explained it. That would have been probably my third or fourth step. Most people it is. Yeah. Most people, they want to go to an open house. They want to call a real estate agent. They want L- to go on literally. Redfin, Zillow, Realtor.com. I would literally, in my mind, I would hit a certain savings goal. So I would hit, let's say, 35000 in the bank. And then my next move would be to just go looking for homes and then find the home I want and then backpedal my way into but it. But here's what's crazy. How did you come up with 35000 Uh Just it sounds like a number that would be good to have, just a yeah. random number. I don't know. Yeah, I, so this baffles me. Right. And we all do this, especially yeah. those that are not in the industry, that are not in the game. We just come up with a number that randomly sounds good. Yeah. And when you press someone for a while, they're like, yeah, I don't, really don't know. That's literally. Yeah. 35 may be way too much. Like, what if for the past three years, you or someone you know have been sitting on the sideline not buying a home mm-hmm. because you've been waiting to hit 35,000, yet uh, anyone in, that does what I do for a living could have shown you how to do it with $10,000 or $6,000 or literally a grand that's a grand that's when i'm be like i don't believe you i don't show me show me your show me I yeah well i mean it depends if you're buying in a rural area and your income is a certain limit we could have done a usda loan for you which is 100 percent financing you may or may not have been able to get the seller to pay your closing costs literally a thousand dollars you could have moved in let's say you're active military let's say you're a veteran well, VA financing allows for 100% financing. Let's say you were able to get the seller through negotiations to pay all your closing costs. Mm. You can probably get into that home with less than $1,000 out of your pocket. There are down payment assistance programs. There's definitely ways that someone can get into a home with less than five grand. My rule of thumb has always been get at least five grand saved and then start looking at what your options are. Mm-hmm. Five grand was the litmus. And the reason why I use that is, look, if you're going through the home buying process, something you should be considering is the expense of upkeep. How much is it going to take you to keep, yep. to maintain this home? You want to have reserve assets. You don't, you honestly don't want to buy a house and only have a grand to your name because homes are freaking expensive. Could you, so even if you do, a 100% financing um, option or a down payment assistance option, and you get the seller to pay all of your closing costs. Because look, closing costs are roughly about 3% of your um, home's sales price, mm-hmm. depending on the price. If it's a, a low-priced home, like an eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollar home, closing costs are probably like 6%. Mm. If it's a $400,000 home, they're probably closer to like 2 2.5%. But rule of thumb, 3%. Um, and you can, in certain markets, you can get the seller to basically give you the buyer 
a credit to go towards your closing costs. Basically, they can pay for them. Okay. I would say in this market, mm, best of luck to you. Hmm. It's a seller's market. Hmm. Um, and that's um, you're probably step two in the process. Once you have your financing all figured out, it's like, okay, now let me get with a real estate professional. Hmm. Now let me – look, you can have fun all you want online. Yeah. Online is not local. Online is not a human. Online hasn't ever probably written a sales contract. Hmm. Okay, online doesn't have connections with 50, 60, 100 other real estate agents. So you want to have a realtor that is working on your behalf. So sit down with a realtor and do a consultation. Right, a consultation, a realtor will ask you, well, do you want a three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage? Do you want a townhome? Do you want a condo? Do you want to be in the east part of town or the west part of town? Do you need to be close to um, public transit? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like like all the things that matter. Does a school system matter to you today? And school system may be something that you haven't even contemplated, but you know that in the next three to five years, starting a family may be something that is in your in, in your horizon. So just because you're not thinking about it now, a good realtor will potentially allow you to start thinking about things that you should be mm. considering. So step two is just that. You have to know your market. You have to figure out the neighborhood in order to set up a search. And don't, it's not, again, it's not a DIY. It is not a DIY. You do not save any extra money by not using a realtor to buy a home. Damn. And if you do, it's minimal. I mean, it's like hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars. And you're talking about the largest purchase of your life. Really? Right? What most people don't buy anything more expensive than their primary home. Why? Why would you want to cut corners to save a few hundred dollars where that could potentially cost you, Mm -hmm. A, the home of your dreams, B, thousands of dollars because maybe you overpaid Mm -hmm. trying to do it yourself? Don't DIY this. Same thing on your finance. Don't DIY your finance. You and I have done a few shows already, and we actually have some some really cool uh, uh, promos that Mm. you've created about, you know, making the wrong choice because you thought it was the right choice. And, and in that case, you thought you needed the cheapest interest rate, but what you found out is that the cheapest interest rate still came with the highest payment. But because you were uneducated in this field of study, yep. you didn't know that as a consumer. Yeah. Well, so number two is going to be have a buyer consultation. So one step one in the home buying process is get your financing figured out. Yeah. Like, full deep dive into it. It's more than just a pre-approval. Second is do a deep dive with a realtor and find a realtor that's going to work the way that you want to work, right? Not all loan officers are created equal. Not all realtors Mm. are created equal, right? What, what works for me might not be your cup of tea Mm. when it comes to either loan officer or, or comes to uh, a real estate agent. Mm. Like you'll hear people say, oh, yeah, you need to shop for the best, shop for the best. Yeah. Well, we always hear shop and the best, and we think the lowest or the cheapest. Correct. No. Shop for the best, meaning what's the best for you? Who's going to work best for you? Hmm. When you sit down and you lay out as a consumer your expectations, is the professional that you're going to, quote, unquote, hire, are they going to be able to deliver? And do they know what they're doing? Or are they brand new? Hmm. And if they're brand new, nothing wrong with that. 
maybe you like what someone who is brand new brings. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone you feel someone brand new may out hustle Mm -hmm. someone who's more entrenched in in their way. Maybe you don't want someone who's brand new. Maybe you would take someone who's entrenched in their way and maybe they're not as accessible because their business is rock solid, but you know what you're getting. Yep. I don't think there's a right or a wrong. It's always a personal preference. Mm -hmm. But interview people, right? Call a couple loan officers. Which one do you jive best with? Which one impresses you? Which one do you trust is going to do the best job for Mm -hmm. you? Same thing for real estate agents, right? Find a real estate agent that you hit it off with, someone that you trust, someone that you know Mm -hmm. is going to go to bat for you, and you're going to go to bat... For them also, mm-hmm. meaning you're, you're going to want to be the best client for them. Yeah. Um, so that would be step two. I can't wait for the next step because if it is what I think it is, then I have this I have this back ass words. Okay, what do you think it is? Uh, find the home? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't want to say it. So. Yeah, I mean, it, at some point it's going to be find the home, right? But but I, I think I might have skipped um, yeah, you might. Uh, some, some details. Mm-hmm. When you're going through this process, there's also a discovery aspect of it. And this discovery aspect is going to be more on the lending side. So if I didn't preference it or I didn't go detailed enough, please know this about becoming pre-approved. You are going to send your lender 30 days of pay stubs, two years of W-2s, two months of bank statements, possibly your tax returns, Possibly if you've had a divorce recently, a divorce decree. Possibly your bankruptcy documents if you've had a bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Possibly your 401k statement. Even if you're not going to be using your 401k for your funds to close, your lender may want to show eventually the mortgage underwriter that you have what we call reserve assets. Mm. Basically money set aside. If something really bad happened to you in your life, you have a little bit of a a, um, cash set aside that you can... Um, you can pull from if need be. Gotcha. Right. So part of that process is also a discovery. It's also a documentation aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you're now pre-approved. You went through a financial consultation. You know what type of um, home from a purchase price you want to go after. You know how much money you're going to need for down payment and closing costs. You know how that correlates to an estimated payment. Mm-hmm. You sat down with your real estate agent. And you understand, and your realtor understands from you what it is that you're looking for. You know, are every, literally this is where you get into, into the conversations of, I want a two story versus a one story. If I have a two story, I need to mandate that the master bedroom is upstairs along with the, yeah. the children's bedroom. Or in my case, I mandated my master bedroom was downstairs and my kids were upstairs. Yeah. It's all personal preference. Do you want a three car garage, a two car garage? Do you yeah. want to be downtown? Do you want to have acreage like? You, know, you you and your realtor in that discovery also are going to do a wants versus needs analysis, right? You need three bedrooms, but you want four. Mm. You need a backyard, but you want a pool. Uh, you yeah. need a two-car garage, but you want a three-car garage, yeah. right? So that's there's certain things that, look, if it doesn't have it, move on. And there's other things that say, if it doesn't have it, I'll still look at the property and still consider it. Hmm. Mm. Um, now, yeah, you go out and find the house. Damn. So you you now have have a search going on, which everything's computerized now. So mm. once you and your realtor had that needs analysis, that buyer's consultation, now they're sending you properties through the MLS. 
do your best to stay off of the website. Stay off of Redfin, stay off of Zillow, and stay off of Realtor.com. I promise you this, if a home is hitting your criteria, it is hitting the multiple listing service or MLS, and you're getting emailed immediately. Anytime that you're on those websites, please know that they are marketing websites. They're there to data mine, which means they want to get your information, sell your information. And how do they do so? They do so by showing you information that's four hours to four days old, meaning if you're using those websites to find property, there's a good chance by the time you have found it, someone else has already seen it and someone else has already made an offer on it. Now, we all like to window shop. So there's nothing wrong for using those websites if you know what you're using them for. To me, I would use them because I wanted to show my mom this house that we're going to go look at. Mm. And I was at, you know, I hopped on her iPad when I was over for Sunday night dinner and typed in the address and, oh, cool, there's Redfin. I click it. Oh, yeah, here's the house we're looking at. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I'm going to rely, rely on my realtor and the the search that he or she yeah. sets up for me, and they're going to send me the homes. That makes so much more sense, you saying it like that, because 1,000%, I started the opposite. Complete backwards, 3, 2, 1. You went 1, 2, 2, and a half, 3. I go 3, 2, 1. Wake up, oh, wow, that's a pretty house. Hmm, I would love to have that. Hmm, let's go down the rabbit hole, go online, find the house, find the neighborhood. Then I might find... Probably get my finances, hmm, that seems expensive. Maybe I should start saving my money now. That's when I start budgeting for the house. And then, like, lastly, I'll be like, all right, I have this much money saved. I want this house. What realtor should I find? Any, meeny, miny, mo. I know you, my coworker said, he refers you go. That's literally, like, my process prior to having this Yeah, and by the time you did that, the home that you were originally interested in was sold. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's what's even crazier. It's like, if you're online looking at homes, please know the homes that you see, especially in today's market, it's already sold. It's already sold, or by the time that you get to look at it, you're one of 13 people making an offer. Really? So you probably get so emotionally invested on this picture you saw online that by the time you actually pick up the phone to make a call, you'll be like, sorry, that, that size is no longer available, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not available. That home has been sold. That's crazy. Um, and it's, it's baffling, especially when someone's like, okay, yeah, I want to go out looking at homes, but I still need to save my five grand and get my credit yes. score up from a 550 to a 650 so I can qualify for financing. It's like, no, 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 stop, stop. No looking at homes. Mm. Now, if you want to go on the Redfins and the Zillows and the realtor.coms and window shop, okay. Like I like to back. Remember back in the day, walk through the mall oh, that, after I made the 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 trip around the food court to get oh, all the yeah. free samples. Oh yeah, go to the puppy store. That was a thing. And they had the puppies in the windows, and you could go in and, and you could hold them. And I wasn't buying a puppy, right? So and and maybe it's a little bit of a tease that I, you know I I would leave empty-handed. That's what you're going to be able to do if you're that person who still need, who still needs to work on saving enough money or save uh, or work on getting your credit score up. You're not looking at homes because you're wasting your time, the seller's time, and you're wasting your realtor's time because by the time you spend three months, six months, or a year getting your credit score up and saving money, the house is gone. Maybe it's been sold twice. Like literally, it could have been sold twice by the time all that happened. Yeah. So getting your financing in order is the number one step. And it's more time consuming and more convoluted. We have a realtor who um, came to work for us. Very successful realtor in a top 25 market. 
And I love talking to him about um, his loan officer career now. Because as a realtor, he said, no bullshit. He goes, I literally thought if I gave you, a, a loan yeah. officer, a lender, a person's name and phone number, that after a 10-minute conversation, you'd pull their credit and have them pre-approved. The hell? And look, some pre-approvals are that easy. Most aren't. Mm -hmm. Most could take two hours. They could take two days. They could take a week, depending on the buyer's unique situation. Right? Someone owns multiple businesses, it's going to be a paperwork-intensive file. That could very well be a one- or two-week pre-approval. It all depends on how quickly the borrower or buyer can have their CPA send in all of their tax mm. returns. Right, And each of us is unique. We have life events that have happened. And sometimes in order to do loans for people who've had life events, when I say life events, I'm talking short sale, foreclosure, bankruptcy, lawsuits, um, IRS garnishing wages, child support, alimony. I mean, it's right. Mm -hmm. Life, life happens. But when life happens, student loans coming out of the booty. Like yeah. when when life happens, it doesn't make pre-approvals that easy. Yeah. Um, which is every reason why it's the most important. So many people, John, do what you want to do, which is find the house, call a realtor, have the realtor show them the house, yep. and then say, "Oh yeah, by the way, I need to figure out my finances." Yeah. Oh yeah, I need to figure out how I'm going to buy this thing. Yeah. And, and what if you are someone that you're a two- to three-day pre-approval? In today's market, I mean, my, my neighbor just listed one of his investment properties mm -hmm. over the weekend. And it's, a, it, it's in a, a, um, a good area with good public schools and a, per, and a sales price that is like the ideal purchase price. It's like $275, okay. $250, okay. Um, 13 offers Dang. over the weekend. 13, just over the weekend. Put the home on the market on a Friday by Sunday. 13 offers. They had 19 people look at the house. Uh, is that a good thing? I mean, depends where you're it's sitting. It's phenomenal <laughs> if you're a seller. It yeah. totally sucks if you're a buyer. It totally sucks. That's every reason why. Like, this show is the home buying process. If we got super granular, it's every reason why step one is important. Because you don't have time Damn. to then yeah. figure it out. You don't have you don't have time to negotiate. Like like how how unfun is that? Like you don't have time to oh, even like, negotiate. I just it hit me because it's like yeah yeah I want to buy this house. Are you sure you ready? Yeah. Okay. Well, you've been pre-approved. Are you ready? Whoa 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 whoa. I just said I was looking at the house, lady. I didn't say I was ready to sign on it. And then you become a pain in the ass buyer who just yeah yeah that's that would be um, just a caveat, not even a step in the home buying process. It's just understand. Damn. That when you're buying a house, you better be serious. Like I and I hope you're ready to I hope you're ready to buy in the next 30 to 45 days. Because if you're not, you've wasted your time, the seller's time, and you've wasted a real estate agent's time because the homes that are on the market today will be sold today or within the next 30 days. So if you're truly not ready to pull the trigger, then you're not there yet. Hmm. So back on the steps. Yes, go out and look at homes. Actually get inside of them. Mm. Actually drive the neighborhood. Drive the neighborhood at 8 a.m., drive it at 5 p.m., drive the neighborhood at 11 p.m., drive it on the weekends. Damn. If you really want to be in a certain area or a certain neighborhood or you love a certain home, 
why not get a feel for what this community is like? That's such a good idea. Because like? if I were to look at a home, I would go when there's the least amount of traffic. Sunday morning, so I can go in and out. But that makes sense what you're saying. Like, no, go at Monday during school rush hour traffic to see how it is. Because lo and behold, you know, making those right only turns out of the uh, neighborhood can, you know, cause a backup if you're trying to get out the house. Uh, 1,000%. I actually live in, in a neighborhood just like that. Yeah. And it's progressively gotten worse since the neighborhood was built in 2004. And we have had neighbors move out of the neighborhood. No. They moved out because they had uh, teenage children, teenage drivers, and they didn't want to put their teenage drivers in that situation That's where crazy. it was very difficult. It still is very difficult making a left, left turn yeah. out of the neighborhood. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, that, but that's a very valid point that you bring up. But then keep in mind, in a world of euphoria, you would have three to five days to negotiate and think about, mm-hmm. man, do I like house A or house B or what about house C? If that's the case, you have time to go and drive the neighborhood at, at various um, uh, time periods throughout a week. Mm-hmm. In today's market, nope, you have to figure out a way to fast forward that. How do you put that on 3x speed and listen to it you know, as, as if uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks are, are talking? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like how do you speed through wow. that when you're going to be one of 13 offers? That's huge. Yeah, it's not fun being a buyer right now, but, man, interest rates are super cheap. Home prices are not going down. I mean, even if home prices do go down, which there is a chance, FYI, According to the researchers at Zillow, home prices could go down by 3 or 4% over the next 12 months. They could. And then those same researchers you're saying, and they'll bounce right back yeah, yeah. within six months after they've, they've, they've gone down. Yeah. Well, 3% isn't enough for me to give two hoots about. I mean, you know, three, a, a 3% dip, I mean, that's a sneeze. That's a cough in the right direction. Hmm. Or I should say a cough in the wrong direction. Yeah. Knowing that it's going to rebound. You know, and also knowing that I can borrow possibly if you're super well qualified under 3%. Like if I want to buy a house, I'm buying a house. Yeah. And and I'm buying a house because homeownership makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't allow, oh, re- values could come down by 3%. Yeah. Well, interest rates are super cheap. And what if I waited two years or a year mm-hmm. to try to get this $250,000 house for $242,000. Yeah. But now instead of borrowing 250 at 3%, I'm borrowing 242,000 at 3.75%, my payment's actually higher. Yeah, but I saved 8 grand cuz I yeah, wait, huh? Yeah, you did, but now you're paying an extra $175 a month. I mean, within almost a whole year no, one year, maybe two. It would take you three or four years before you you broke even. But within three, within that within that first year, your value bounced right back. You know, it's like yes, does it? Yeah, we're we're. Why don't they teach you this in school? I don't What's know. the rub, man? Here's the rub. People wanted they, deep down, deep down, they wanted this podcast. They, whoever they are, you know, like, like, yeah, like yeah, they, they say, yeah. don't do this. But why, they, this is, I mean, when you say it, it's like, I hear, but then I see it in action. I'm like, yeah, that makes hella sense. But I, why am I waiting till I'm 35 and a half or some shit just to. I honestly think it's self-limiting beliefs. So many people are like, oh, I'm just not good at math or I'm not good at finance. I'm like, no, yeah. you just don't attempt. Yeah. You just don't do. Think of things logically. I just used basic common sense. And don't be afraid to work through the numbers. Yeah. 
Um, I, I honestly, I, that's to me what I see is a lot of self-limiting beliefs. People just don't believe that they they think it's harder than it is or it's trickier than it is. It is. It, I mean, yeah. and it isn't. It, it really isn't. If you can think logically, and sometimes you need to ask questions, be curious. You know. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know. Hey, I don't know this, but I would love to learn it. Yeah. And then don't be afraid to reach out to resources who could teach you. Um, so anyhow, you, you find the house, you and your realtor negotiate it with the sellers. Look, there's a reason why you have a realtor. Lean on him or her for their expertise, right? A, a realtor who sells homes consistently. And consistently to me means they sell minimum of 12, but preferably like 20, 30, 40 homes a year. Ah, okay. Um, that, that type of realtor is the one I would want to have in my corner. And I'd want to lean on them for their expertise in the negotiation because in today's market, if it's listed for 250, you're going to pay, you're paying, you might be paying 255. Mm. I talked to someone on Thursday night and she was, um, first time home buyer and she really wants this house. Um, sales price is 175. Her comfortable monthly payment was 700 bucks a month. Okay. Which that makes sense. Like if you're a single person, um, with a good job making decent pay, 700 bucks a month may be all that you can afford on your own. Yeah. Unfortunately, $175,000 purchase price does not yield a payment of seven or eight hundred dollars a month is more like fourteen, thirteen hundred dollars yeah. a month. So then, what was her next move after you divulged? Oh, she was going to offer one forty. Oh, yeah. She's like, well, I was hoping I could get a deal, and I was going to offer one forty. So then, that always mm. leads me to my standard. Mm. Well, listen, Mister Coleman, I'm not a realtor, never have been a realtor, and I don't think I'll ever will be a realtor. But let me just tell you my understanding from talking to realtors about what this market is like. Hmm. If you find a home that's 175, if you get lucky, you may be able to get it discounted to maybe 170. But more than likely, at 175, it's going to be you and 13 other people making an offer on the home, and the home will probably sell for a little bit over 175. Yeah. Again, I encourage you to reach out to a realtor. If you don't know a realtor, I can recommend you to one that I think would be fantastic for you. But it's like, because I hate being the naysayer. I hate being the one that delivers bad news, but it's the truth and people need to hear the truth. But yeah, that was her, her answer. Hmm. And what I realized with this conversation, she and her realtor hadn't had that buyer consultation yet. Uh, they hadn't sat down and built uh, that rapport just yet. Gotcha. She has someone that she's going to call when she finds a home. I'm like, why are you looking for a home? Like, that's not your full-time job. You know, this lady is like a really good assistant manager at a big retail clothing operation. That's what she does well for a living. Yeah. She needs to find a realtor and then rely on the realtor. So you you and your great realtor, you negotiate, you follow your realtor's lead, and you make your offer. Your offer is accepted. The seller is going to demand some kind of a security deposit. We call that an escrow, um, an escrow deposit. Okay. Um, it's usually 1% to 2% of your purchase price. If you're buying a home for two fifty, dollars anticipate writing a check for $2,500 to five grand. Okay. That's going to be held by a third party, usually a closing attorney or a title company, and that is called your escrow deposit. I call it a security deposit. It basically tells the seller you're serious mm -hmm. about buying this home, and if you do not adhere to all of the terms of the contract, the seller can pull the contract, keep your money, and put the house back on the market. Nice. Which is every reason why step one is so important. You need to have your financing figured out because part of that contract stipulates oh. you have loan approval by this date. 
that you have an appraisal ordered by this date, that you close by this date, and your lender controls that. So if you choose a lender because they had the cheapest interest rate that you could find online, but they don't have your loan underwritten by a certain time and your appraisal back by a certain time and your loan approved by a certain time, what if you gave a $5,000 escrow or think security deposit and the seller says, hey, John, peace out. You and your lender didn't perform per the contract that you and your realtor negotiated. I'm putting the house back in the market. I'm going to sell it and I'm going to keep your five grand. There's literally nothing you can do and just messed up your attempt at buying a home. For the most part. I mean, get an attorney involved. You can dispute oh, it. You can God. fight it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like real deal stuff. This is a very large transaction. There are many, many parties involved, mm. right? I've already talked about a listing real estate agent, a buyer's real estate agent. There's a lender, an appraiser, a home inspector, a title company. I mean, that's just getting started. Mm. There's insurance agents involved, right? I mean, it's yeah. there's homeowners associations involved. There are a lot. The IRS gets involved. Your employer gets involved. Your bank gets involved. All people, we have to document your income and your assets on the lending side of things. Yeah, right? it's a it's a it's an orchestra. That's a great it is an orchestra. Your loan officer and your realtor need to be the conductors with you sitting in the pit with them. But you need to have the best loan officer and the best realtor. So the home buying process, um, this is getting long. That was That's great, though. But for the most part, this is it. Now, you gave your deposit. So you're going to need to run out and get a home inspection. Rely on your realtor. They'll know a great inspector. Have your home inspected. In the meantime, while you're having your home inspected, get with your lender, your loan officer, so that you can finalize your formal loan application. You did a mortgage pre-approval either a week ago, a month ago, or two months ago, but now it's time to actually lock in interest rates and order appraisals and get documents disclosed for your signature and your review. It's about a 30-day process. From when you sign your contract to when you close, about 30 days will pass because... The title company needs to do title exams and title searches to make sure that the home that you buy has clean title. Uh, You need to do your home inspection, have the home appraised. Um, The title company is going to have your home surveyed more than likely. Surveying is telling you this is your property boundary line. This is your Mm -hmm. seller's property boundary, uh, your neighbor's property boundary line. So there's there's things that go in with it. Mm. But once your contract is, is executed, the next steps are to have your home inspection, make your formal loan application, and to get your appraisal ordered. Mm. 30 days later, once your financing is fully approved, then you close on your home. C to C. Well, you get C to C is clear to close. So that's what happens on your on the financing side. Gotcha. Those are the three best letters in mortgage financing, clear to close. That means your, your financing is fully approved. First, you're pre-approved. Then, then you're conditionally approved. Now you're fully done. That loan's going to fund. In 30 or 60 days, you're going to have your first payment due, mm. and you're a homeowner. Mm. Congratulations. Mm. But once you do close on your home, before you close on your home, you'll do a walkthrough as part of the home buying process. So you and your realtor will get together usually the night before or a day or the, the morning of, and you'll walk the property just to make sure the seller has left the property the way that you anticipated it. Make sure that the Hmm. seller didn't damage anything when they were moving out or they didn't leave a bunch of furniture that you don't want in the home or maybe you negotiated that they're supposed to leave the the gold mini blinds and the gold mini blinds aren't there or they've swapped out the appliances and you thought you were getting the brand new stainless steel and instead you're getting like the... um, Fell uh, off the truck, Kenmore's. Yeah, (laughs) 
Yeah, I was trying to think of like the off-white <laughs> yeah. kind of brown that doesn't even have a working yes. ice maker. Eggshell. Yeah, eggshell. There we go. <laughs> um, but like you'll do a walkthrough. Yeah. Then you'll go to your closing. And at your closing, that's when you'll sign a ton, a ton of documents basically saying that you promise to repay your loan. If you don't repay your loan, then someone can come and take your home from you, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You can't use your home for terrorist activities. You can't build meth labs in your home. There's a bunch of mm -hmm. legal documents that you have to sign. But then you're a homeowner. You're a homeowner. You call your buddies. You rent a U-Haul. You get a keg of beer. You, you, you call up Marco's or Domino's or Papa John's, get a bunch of, bunch of pizza delivered. And um, you enjoy the next 90 days of hell. I mean, 90 days of homeownership <laughs> bliss. Um, but that's it. I mean, it's um, – look, I just try to cram all this in like 45 minutes. Yeah. It's way longer than that. Right. If there's a huge takeaway from anyone who has made it this far listening, get professionals in your corner. Ask them questions upon questions. Be curious. And – understand it's not as easy as snapping your fingers and getting it done. There's a process and, and with the right team, it can be a smooth process, a well thought out process where you mitigate risk and you end up getting exactly what you want that fits into your life plan and your game plan for now, the best way that you see it. Damn. That was really informative. There you go. There's the home buying process on Google. <laughs> Last week, it was the second most Googled keywords, home buying process. It was our motivation for today's show on the Loan Officer Podcast. I'm Dustin Owen. He's John Coleman. This is all the time we have for you today. But if you want to talk specifically about the home buying process, do not call him. Yes, please don't. Homeboy is clueless. <laughs> you would think after like six months of, of co-hosting the show... Oh. No. Okay. I can carry a conversation now somewhat eloquently and educatedly. Did the power just go out? I believe the power just went, but that's not going to stop that, us. That's not going to stop, not gonna stop, stop us. us. The nope. power literally just went out, but I'm running off a battery off a of Mac, and holy shit. There we go. Hey, call me. 407-645-6363. D-O-N at waterstonemortgage.com. I'll be more than happy to spend as much time as you need to walk you through the home buying process. Again, he's JC. I'm D.O. We're out. Peace. Peace.